just our real estate episode number 200. See, you, you also have to understand, this is where we argued. Okay, so here's what we argued over in case anyone wants to know. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to Just Our Real Estate. I am excited to have you here today. If you've never listened to the show before, if this is your first time, if you've just stumbled upon us, welcome, welcome. We are glad to have you. I am very happy to have you. If you've tuned in before, if you're a loyal listener, if you've been here many times and heard all of the podcasts, welcome back. You're awesome. I appreciate you being here as well. All right, today, guys, I have a great show for you. This show is so great, and it went so long with my interview that I actually broke it into two different um, segments. So the first segment's going to air today. The next second segment is going to air next Monday because it went so long. I just thought it'd be better to break it up. It's a little bit too long to digest in one sitting, in my opinion. But it's a great interview, and I'm going to tell you all about that in a second. But before I do, I just want to urge you: if you haven't gone over and checked out the Fail Fast Flipping Program, you should do it now. It's never a bad time, and I highly suggest you check it out. You can go to my website at juststartrealestate.com. On the right-hand side, there is a link for the Fail Fast Flipping Program. Click on that link, go over there, and read all about it. There's no obligation to go check it out. I really think the more I'm involved in this program, the longer I watch some of these students that are in the program grow and succeed and start taking massive action and really seeing results, the more I'm convinced everyone needs to take this program. If you've not already gotten your feet wet, if you're not an experienced investor, but you know what? There's experienced investors in the program and they're raving about it. So I'm telling you, this thing is just great all the way around. I highly suggest you check it out. Go to juststartrealestate.com. On the right-hand side of the page, you'll see a link for, I'm sorry, for fail fast flipping. Click on that link and at least read about it. Go check it out and see what it's all about. If you think it sounds like something you could benefit from, something that you would really enjoy, something that you would learn from, then definitely click on the link and, and go over there and jump in and become part of the program. You will not be sorry. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee, so what do you have to lose, right? Go check it out. Get involved. See what's there. Look at the content. Look at the material. And if you think, hey, you know, not, not good enough, not enough here. This isn't what I was hoping it was. Get a refund, and you're done. You don't have to worry about it. But what's going to happen is you're going to see how incredible this program is, and I really believe you'll be blown away by the quality, the quantity, the content, and the coaches and the people involved in this. It's a great community and it is an incredible program. So go check it out, juststartrealestate.com, right-hand side of the page, click on the Fail Fast Flipping link and you will be taken right there. Okay, let's dive into today's show and I wanna talk about uh, my guest because I have kind of a cool thing here. It's like two things that I really haven't done yet or haven't done a lot of. Number one, I have a husband and wife team on, which is very cool and they're both on the line. This isn't just, you know, we're talking to the husband and he references his wife. They're both on the line talking talking about their business. And what I really love about this interview and what I haven't done a lot of, and I think I'm gonna start doing more of this as we go, because I truly believe these are some of the most important and informative interviews that I can possibly do. And this show is all about helping the new investor, right? That's all I really wanna do. So what I have is Scott and Jessica Hallwick, and they are new investors. They've not been doing this very long. They've only done, they've only sold one property. They bought, renovate, and sold one property. Their second property, they have 
almost sold, and they're working on their next acquisition. So these guys are really new. They're really new, but they're doing some incredible things. They're taking a lot of action, and they're making some really smart decisions up front. And I think sometimes as a new investor, hearing someone who's flipped you know, 500 houses is great because they have a wealth of knowledge, but sometimes it's difficult to identify with those people. It's like getting financial advice from a billionaire. Yeah, they know what they're talking about and they could give you good advice, but it's really hard to identify with a billionaire. So sometimes when you get the ultra successful real estate investors on here, it's great. I really think there's a place and there's a benefit to listening to them and that's why I interview them. But I really believe getting new investors that are very green, that are just starting out, they're making all those early mistakes and they're learning from them and getting on here and talking about it is one of the most valuable things I can provide for you. And these guys are really cool, cool couple. They've done a couple properties, they got more in the pipeline, they're creating systems, they're creating a team, they have a really great working situation worked out between the husband and the wife and how they um, divvy up the responsibility. So I'm gonna let them explain all that to you. I'm telling you this interview is lights out. It's a great interview, I really enjoyed it. Definitely one of the better interviews that I have done since I've started. I just thoroughly enjoyed it and I know because they're new and they're just sharing everything. They were very open, very candid about everything. They didn't shy away from one question. So that's gonna be a huge benefit to you guys. So sit back, listen, enjoy. Like I said, I'm gonna bring you half of it now, the other half next Monday. So tune in next Monday to get the second half. I know you're gonna be dying to hear it because the first half is awesome. Okay. I will dive into the show now. I hope you enjoy it. Have a great day. Okay, thank you for joining me here on Just Start Real Estate. I appreciate you being here very much. And today I have a real treat. I have a really special show. Uh, as you know, I normally when I in do interviews, on my Monday interviews, I'm interviewing someone who's been in the business a long time. They've done a lot of properties. They've got tons of experience and you know, super successful and all that. What I'm doing today and what I wanna do, because I think this is gonna be incredibly valuable for the listeners, for you guys, is I'm interviewing someone who's newer to the to the business, and I would still say they're successful, even at this point, they're very new, but they're very successful so far. But they're new enough, they've, they've done a deal, and they, they got some other things in the works, and we're gonna talk about that, but it, they're so new that I think they're very relatable, and I'm excited to bring that to you, because I think it's, you know, it's just easier to identify with for a lot of you guys out there. So I'm really excited about it. I have on the line today Scott and Jessica Holwick, and they are newer real estate investors in the Lehigh Valley area of Easton, Pennsylvania. Scott comes from an extensive background in graphic design and illustration, and Jessica is a stay-at-home mom who's been active in their children's home education. Scott has experience with home renovation, and both Scott and Jessica have always had an interest in real estate, but it wasn't until recent circumstances that they were compelled to jump into real estate investing. Scott recently formed Roof Overhead L. LLC with a friend from his church. Scott's the managing partner and Jessica helps with strategy, acquisitions, design, and staging. They recently sold their first flip and we're going to talk all about that. I'm excited to. And their second flip is already under contract. They're in the process of acquiring two more properties and plan to keep growing. These guys are really going after it and I'm excited to talk to them. Welcome to the show, Scott and Jessica. Thank you. 
Thanks. Good to be with you, Mike. Yeah, this is awesome. And I I feel to mention, obviously, in your intro there, it it makes it pretty clear. But you guys are a husband and wife team. And and that's, you know, that's a fairly unique situation. I know a lot of investors, it's either the wife or the husband and the other one sort of tolerates it and doesn't really want to get involved. But you guys are both doing it. And that's the same thing for me. My wife and I are both running our business as well as a husband and wife uh, team. And and I want to talk about that a little bit, too. But before we get too far, let's go back a little bit in into into your background a little bit deeper. Scott, we talked a little bit about your background, but let's what have you done to the point that you started investing? You know, what have you guys done to that point? Not in real estate necessarily, but just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Be happy to. Yeah, I come from a background of uh, graphics and illustration, mostly for ad agency work, um, where originally I started out doing work uh, for an apparel company, and we would do all of our own designs and extensive illustration, and then we kind of got thrown into the computer world. And then from there, it kind of grew into doing more offset printing for ad agencies. So you do work for pharmaceutical companies with uh, you know, uh, medical illustration, anything from that to package design to uh, store advertising or in-store displays. A lot of fun and very rewarding. Um, but uh, one of the things that is a, a downside to that, of course, is the sedentary nature of it, where you're sitting at a desk behind a computer all day long. Um, and as with most jobs, it takes you out of your home, you're away from your family and your wife. And uh, even though it's rewarding, um, it's one of those things that after time, you kind of... Uh, you know, feel an itch to do something different. Um, and if you'd like, I could kind of tell you what kind of compelled me to get out of that and get into what we're doing now. Yeah, definitely. If you don't mind, sure. that would be great. Sure. Yeah, I mean, with most people, mo- uh, uh, changes are prompted because maybe circumstances at work aren't working out. And even though I had been with the last company I was with that I do still work for, as you had mentioned, it's turned from more of a full-time situation to a part-time situation. And the company I was there for a long time, 13 years, they started uh, having some some problems like a lot of companies do when your main client ha- goes through uh, changes and things start to break up. Your clientele base starts to uh, dwindle. And um, it was becoming very questionable as to whether it was going to be a significant means of, of income anymore. So I realized I had to do something different. Um, and so it was funny the way it worked out. My friend who had lived in this area for years moved to Florida just prior to that. And, of course, he happened to um, you know, be looking to invest in something, but he wasn't really sure. And uh, he, he used to go to the church that I went to. And so we knew each other very well. We're really good friends. And so I started throwing out some ideas and then I, I just thought to myself, I've been doing home renovation for friends and family uh, for such a long time and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. I love working with my hands. And so then I just threw out the idea of, of doing uh, real estate investing. And one thing led to another and <laughs> the conversations kept growing. And of course, my wife got all excited about it and she's been uh, incredible with the research and, and started really diving in. Um, I'm kind of, I can, I focus on several different things. My wife is very gifted and once she gets her mindset on something, it's full steam in that one particular thing. (laughs) The house could be burning down, but she would have her mindset. Uh, and so I would say that's been the very rewarding thing about this. As you had mentioned, it's, it's fun to work with your wife uh, because we, what used to be where I felt like I was kind of removed, you know, I'd go out during the day and then I'd see my, my, my wife and, and the family when I get home. And, and now we get to do this thing together and it's, it's been very exciting to do that. Um, uh, and then just kind of in a humorous way, you hear a lot of the other shows where people are interviewed and they make the joke at first, well, I had a whole bunch of money dumped in my lap and then they laugh and say, no, not really. 
Well, in our case, it, it kind of was that way in the sense that my friend was totally trusting and gracious mm-hmm. and willing to allow us to run full steam ahead with, with his, his cash, you know? And so it was a lot of pressure, you know, of course, because you realize, you know, you're, so you're, you're using someone else's money sure. that's depending on you. Um, but at the same time, he has uh, put no pressure. He's totally trusted us. And, um, he actually in the past had tried doing that with some of his friends before I met him. And it didn't work out too well from the standpoint that they, I think just more or less overinvested in stuff. And so since he knew that I knew what, uh, how to work on homes, uh, he gave me the opportunity to run with the money and see what we could do with it. So that's wow. kind of how we got started in it. And it's, it's just been really exciting ever since. Wow. That, that's really very fortunate of you. And it's surprising actually that he had a, you know, not a great experience with people in the past, but he still trusted you. I, you know, I know there's people that are trusting, but once they get burned once or twice, they're, you know, not willing to do that again. So that's actually very cool and, and very fortunate situation that you had someone with the, the financing in place for you. So you could just go and attack it. So you talked a little bit about being a husband and wife team. I want to dive into that a little bit deeper. And because I, I know from my experience, the, the ben- there's a tremendous benefit to that. And then there are, there can be downsides. And, and the downsides mm-hmm. aren't so bad, but, and I'll tell you what I mean. I'm, I don't want to lead the witness here, but I, I want to tell you a little bit about my experience. And then I kind of want to hear a little bit more about yours because I think it's really interesting. A lot of people are listening to this and what can happen. And I, again, I'll tell you a little bit about me, but what can happen is one of the two of you gets interested first, right? They get the bug, so to speak, first. And then you're either just doing it on your own and, and it's kind of like a resentful situation or you're in a position where you're trying to make the other person see the possibilities and, and grow with the idea with you. And in my case, it was a little bit like that. I got the bug before my wife did. I really wanted to do it. I was convinced. I sort of like was looking into it on my own before I really brought brought it up to her. And when I first brought it up, it was like, okay, you know, maybe, but you know, she does not really into risk. It's not something that she loves is just going out and risking money and risking all this. So it was a little bit of like, she needed to kind of see the possibilities and learn about it on her own time so that she could be comfortable with the whole thing. And that's sort of how that went down. But how did, how did you guys go about it? Did you both decide at the same time, Hey, this is going to be awesome. Let's do it. Or was there a convincing period there? No, not really a convincing period. I think we were both uh, pretty excited about it to get into it. It's something, you know, we both really enjoy real estate. And um, I don't know, we just thought it would work with Scott's background and stuff. We knew, you know, at first he might be doing some of the work. And um, <clears throat> we just, you know, thought, you know, it would probably still work out, you know, even if that isn't the way, you know, we keep doing things in the future, which we have discovered with these past few projects. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it really morphed yeah. really, really well because we had already, like most people, uh, been full-time consumers of the shows, you know, that you watch <laughs> on TV. Oh, yeah. And, of course, you know, being a, having the experience in working on the homes in the background, we, you know, sit there and I can say, yeah, that's ridiculous. You can't do that for that much or this much or, <laughs> you know, you wonder <laughs> how realistic some of the shows are sometimes. And so we 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 knew that though if you do do it right and you're in the right area that uh you probably could do pretty well at it and so once um i kind of came home and started teasing my wife about the idea that Sean and i were shooting emails back cuz i always told her about the conversations that my friend Sean and i would have and then when i said yeah we just started talking about this maybe the first couple times she didn't take it serious but then once she realized we had invested in the LLC and got it all legitimately set up and Sean had already gone ahead and put his money in the account i mean at that point she was already 
hit the ground running doing all the research. And of course, like I said, she, um, because I had to still focus on working and stuff, uh, she was able to focus on that and uh, did an incredible job uh, in a short amount of time. Uh, finding out uh, some of the do's and the don'ts um, and just the nature of the business itself. I mean, obviously, we know there's a lot more to it than just saying, I can renovate a house. You have to know, yeah. you know, the, the typical four quadrants of the business, you know. And yeah, so yeah, those things were very important. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that's cool. The, the shows that you're talking about, too, you know, what's interesting, we watched those, too, before we started investing in real estate. And it was sure. exciting to watch and interesting. But once we actually started investing, eventually we had to stop watching those shows because they were stressing my wife out. Because every time <laughs> you watch it, like everything that can go wrong goes wrong. And it, it's just it's stressful. And it's like, oh, my God, we're, ne we're, you know, we're going to lose a ton of money. Yeah. And I, I always tell people the funny thing is, if uh, you know, real estate investing, if it's done well by a really experienced, knowledgeable investor or someone who really knows what they're doing, it's actually it's not that exciting. It, it, it should yeah. the more boring the the the, the deals are and, and the yeah. the projects, the better you're doing. Because yeah. if you have all that drama on every project, you're you're gonna lose money. It's gonna be a disaster. It really shouldn't be that way. Right, yeah, right. like I don't fire my contractor on every other job. You know what I mean? Like it just isn't how it works. Right, right, right. Or, or yell at every single one of them. I mean, some of those shows, you, you sit there and think, man, if if I yelled at everybody that way, I wouldn't have anyone working for me. And you just wonder how much of it is real and how much of it is just for the show and for the drama. You know? Well, you know, if they if they followed an, a real estate investor around who was really really good at what he did, there would be no show. Right? It'd be like, yeah, okay, right. wake up, check the emails, go out to the job, well, everything's great. It's you so leave, funny. you go meet an investor. It's really, you know, it's like, it's, it's not exciting. Yeah. It's funny you say, because, uh, my friend is, is he's, he's so trusting and he's put so much confidence in it and it's, it's paid off for him, you know? So I, I'm not going to say he blindly did it, but at the same time, I, I didn't have any experience in the business. And so through the whole thing, I had been joking with him because I would kind of give him updated reports and let him know where we're at, go over numbers and just tell him where things are going. But, you know, a lot of times it would be a week or so or a couple of weeks with silence because I'm so focused on getting everything done. And so when I give him the updates and, and he's he's a, he's a man of, of fewer words. So he'll he'll say a, a couple like, oh, that sounds great in response. I'm like, hey, you better start yelling at me if we ever have any hopes of getting a, a show in the future. <laughs> exactly, <on TV." laughs> exactly. Yeah, he has to threaten to pull funding oh, and never oh, work with you again. Yeah. That's so funny. All right. So let's talk about that first deal. Okay. First of all, the first thing I want to know, and I know my audience wants to know this. This is really a common question that I get from a lot of new real estate investors. How did you find that first deal? What was the process? Where, where did this deal come from? You want to speak to that one? Um, well, the first deal, well, actually, they were both from our realtor through the MLS. And um, the first deal is actually not the one I put on Bigger Pockets. We're actually still just finishing up the first deal. Okay. The okay. second one was the one we actually finished it quicker and sold it quicker than the first one. But, um, the first one, it was um, quite a bit higher um, than what we actually paid for. We just put in a lower offer because it needed um, a lot of work, and I think the owners realized that, and I think they just kind of put a higher price just to see if they might get it, but they actually accepted our offer, and um, so yeah, so that's kind of how the first one ended up uh, working out. Can you tell me what the price was of that first one, and then what did you offer? Yeah, the first one was uh, eighty nine thousand. They had it listed for, um, and we ended up offering forty uh, because it was a, an eighteen seventies house. It's in a ritzy part of town by a college. Uh, 
if anybody's familiar with the Easton area, it's uh, College Hill. Uh, it's right right on the other side of this the, the street that Lafayette is from and some of their dorms that they had put up. So we knew it's a sought-after area. There's pockets um, in this area where people really like to live. And so we knew it had potential. Even though it's a townhouse and it is attached, um, it's right on the main street. Um, but uh, we knew that if we had done uh, the work to it, that it would probably uh, be a good deal. Um, so that's why we offered lower because when you go through it, you could just tell that there was going to be a total, total demo. Okay, uh, what kind of after repair value did you guys calculate for that? At the time? At the, yeah, time, at the time, we were thinking like 165. Yeah, 165 that. to 170 tops is what we were thinking. Um, so, and, and of course, we, it turned out we underestimated on that, and we also underestimated on what the rehab was going to be as well. Um, okay, so, you, so the, the ARV is actually higher than that. Yes. yes. Okay. Well, you know what? If you're gonna if you're gonna mess up two calculations, mess yeah. them both up in that direction. I guess. Yeah. I mean, or the other direction. But it's the way you really get into trouble is when you underestimate the rehab and overestimate yeah. the ARV. That's disaster right. time. Right. Okay. Yeah. And typically, you know, that is for anybody starting out who's looking to work with wholesalers. In our experience, the one thing that we have seen is a lot of wholesalers will do that. They'll 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 maybe give you an, a realistic ARV, but they don't give you a realistic rehab because. Um, they they just they just not experienced enough with with knowing what things are actually going to cost you know yep i totally uh, agree with that yeah yeah yep. yeah i i work with with uh, a few wholesalers too and and you know for the most part they're okay but you know they one of them at least has admitted to me he pretty much just puts the same number on every house. Like he doesn't know, so he just says it's going to be fifteen thousand. You know, like without even going in, they just it's like fifteen grand. And I, you know, and that's fine. I told him I don't even care. Like, don't even give me the repairs if you're just just guessing arbitrarily. Give me the ARV. I'll I'll do the repair. You know, math yeah. in my head. I don't need exactly. I don't need a bad number. Just give me an ARV. So that's okay. So that makes sense. Now you found that one on the MLS, and so you offered 40 and you calculated the ARV to be around 165. Do you mind telling me it, back then, I don't know if you've changed in the, in the short time you've been doing this, but how did you go about coming up with your maximum allowable offer? Did you use a, some formulas out there? Did you use 70% rule or some other type commonly known way of doing that? How did you come at the number? Yeah, I don't think we did the 70% at that time. I think we were doing more um, ARV minus what the repairs would be minus any fixed and holding costs and then minus our desirable profit. Um, we had been looking for a few months before that and um, you know some offers did not get accepted and stuff so I think we were a little eager to get something you know accepted and um, so probably obviously looking back to the work that was involved now you, you know we probably I don't know, would have had wanted to have more room in there for profit, but it still ended up working out pretty good how we ha how it's coming out now and stuff. But um, so that's kind of the formula we use. I think um, there's other investors who also use that uh, formula. So that's kind of what we went by with that one. Yeah, I, yeah. and I think that's a really <laughs> smart way to do it. I think people when they're starting out, they don't normally do it that well like they just throw a 70% a rule at it which is even you know was really kind yeah. of general you know it's sort of a little bit dangerous um, I, no I like the way you're doing it that's basically how I do it too and I've, I've been doing this for a long time so I mean that's that's pretty much it it's not rocket science but yeah. you know you have to know some numbers now uh, if you don't mind my asking also what so I got you bought it for 40 you estimated it was gonna be 165 plus maybe 175 when you bought it 
what was the the rehab that you estimated, and then what did it end up being? Yeah, we ended up thinking it would be about sixty three thousand. Um, you know, and again, give or take a bit. We that was including our oops on there. Um, the the main thing is is some of the additional stuff we ended up having to do in the basement and and stuff like you know with the foundation. Um, and then I did end up just to speed the process up, hiring out some more people than I was originally planning on doing. There's, there, there's a benefit to knowing how to do this stuff and also a drawback. The benefit is of course, you know, you're doing the work, you know, you're going to do it as if you were moving into the house and it was going to be your own. Uh, the drawback is, is that a lot of that can tend to be very prideful, you know, and and you just don't think someone else can do it as good as you. And so, and you know, that does tend to be true. It is hard to find someone who's competent, reliable, and that will also be willing to work with you in terms of an investing relationship. Um, but you know, those can be the drawbacks to it, but we ended up, uh, spending what, by the time this is done, we'll end up spending about 85, which considering what we did to the house is uh, considerably less than probably what most would have had to spend. Uh, it's probably more in the lines of about a, I don't know, maybe a, a 95 to a hundred thousand dollar rehab for probably a typical investor. So there are some benefits to being able to do some of the work yourself. Yeah. Um, so we did go over by about, uh, I'd say 20, but at the same time, fortunately we underestimated it by about the same. I think, uh, we have someone who's, uh, we're under agreement with, uh, for 189 on the house. Awesome. That's fantastic. I mean, that's a that's a great deal, right? I Absolutely. mean, nothing yeah. to be Yeah, that's they, why didn't you put that one on bigger pockets? I just out of curiosity. Because it's not done yet. I'm going ah, to. Okay. It's okay. Not, we we don't consider it sold till it's actually sold. So even that's though it's smart. Under, um and the couple we I actually met the couple was able to kind of bring him through it still. I mean, I know there's a general rule of thumb out there not to show somebody something until you're actually done with it. Uh, but we were far enough along now where I'm just doing the finishing details and we're confident to be able to have them look. And of course, they were blown away by what we had done. So it worked yeah. out really well. Yeah, there's it's definitely a debatable topic whether or not you bring, I know people who bring people through the minute they close on the house, they put it up for sale and they they start that work and they, they'll still bring people through. And then you're right. I know people who won't bring anyone through until like the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. They, you know, yep. they won't even consider it. I, I tend to wait until I'm done as well, because my philosophy yeah. on that is if I bring someone through, you know, two or three weeks before it's done. And, and nobody puts an offer and whatever people seeing it's kind of like a stale listing by the time I'm ready yeah, to show it. So exactly. that that's just my thought process. Yeah, and I'm this, sure people can disagree, but we have, we have a really, really good relationship with our realtor. Um, he, he's worked out very well. He, he's, uh, he was actually a friend of Sean's too. Um, so that's how we got in touch with him. And he's been very, very good in the marketing end of it. He was skillful in the Raymond one, which I'm sure we'll talk about because that was one we actually sold, and that's the one that's posted. So we'll talk about yep. that one. Uh, but the this one here, what worked out was this was a couple he had worked with uh, finding a rental in the same area. And he had been out showing them. They, they were looking to buy now. He had been out showing them some stuff. And then uh, they just – she was really picky about the kitchens and the baths. And, and they hadn't found something that she was really in love with yet. And so he called me up and said, look, I know you're not done yet. But I'd like to run them through since you are to a certain point and let them see it. And so it was really because he, he had the wherewithal to do that, that um, they came through. And he said the moment they opened the door, both of them went, wow. <laughs> you know, nice. and then that was it. So that's why even though we are technically we'll be able to sell this one without even listing it. So That's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we've alluded to the one, you know, and I don't know if I mentioned that. I don't think I did mention this. We're, we, we've been talking about it, but I didn't officially mention it. I, I found you guys on Bigger Pockets, right, in the, in the success forum. And – 
you know, that's just a forum on bigger pockets where people go in and, and it just what it sounds like. They they talk about the successes they've had in the business. And I saw you guys in there. I saw the the story of the the house that you had posted, the the deal and just what you were doing. And I the whole thing just sounded intriguing. It sounded interesting. And I was compelled to contact you and say, Hey, I'd you know, I'd like to interview you. I think it makes sense and I think my audience would really get a lot out of it. So why don't we talk about that house that I actually read about and the one that you posted there? Tell me, I mean, let's just start from the beginning. How did you find it? I think you said you found this through your realtor on the MLS, but then, yep. um, you know, how did you evaluate the, the, the maximum allowable offer? What did you offer? What were they asking? Let's just kind of walk through that one. Sure. I'll let my wife speak to that since she's the researcher. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Um, that one was pretty much the same way as we had did, um, the previous one. Um, we did the, um, ARV minus repairs, minus fixed costs, minus our desired profit was how much we were willing to pay for it. And um, at the time, our realtor had given us um, an ARV of about, I think, two twenty, um, and we think we estimated repairs what about twenty five? Yep. About twenty five. Yep. And then um, the fixed cost about twenty five, and then um, so that would have been our. I'm not sure what it all comes up to, but that would have been our desired profit. Um, so that's kind of how we worked that one. And I think it was, you know, a modest profit, but we were fine with it, you know. Wait a minute, let me jump in here. So 220 was the ARV, 25 repairs, 25 fixed costs. What was your desired profit that you calculated? Um, well, we have about 20 yeah. or 30. Somewhere yeah, we 20, had in between 000. 20 or 30. This was initially when we were putting this deal together. That that was our initial projection. Right, gotcha. And then what was the offer? Uh well, we gave them full asking, and this is a very important point to actually bring up. Uh, we thought about some, if there's anything we can pass on to uh, people who are just getting started. The way you write your offer is incredibly important. Um, what we do is, and which I know most investors will do, is they'll offer to take the house as is, uh, cash close and that. We had it written up, and our realtor is very good about coaching us in this as well. Um, we uh, we wanted to make sure because we knew it was a situation where the the it was the granddaughter okay who who had inherited the house because her grandfather had passed away. She didn't live on this side of the state. She lived out in western Pennsylvania, and so just with that information, we knew it was probably a situation where she would like to you know be able to do deal with it as quickly as she can to receive whatever capitals in it for for settling whatever she had to in terms of whatever debt he might have had on it or you know things like that to tie up loose ends and to get out to make it as stress free as possible so when you're writing offers you want to make sure that you're there not just as someone I want to buy your house and make some money on it you you want to present yourself as their solution, um, and I know again my wife doing the research had come across the this uh, this idea with with the research uh, that she had done, and so we made sure we put in there not only that about the cash no inspections as is, uh, but that also we do a quick close and we would take care of all the clean out um, that she didn't have to worry about anything that she didn't want to have to do. Awesome. Um, Very smart. The reason why that's important is because we ended up finding out afterwards that she did have an offer for 10000 more, but they didn't have any of those extra things written in there. So she took our offer because she liked the way we wrote it up. Now, did you guys, this is off, off subject a little bit, but did you guys do a lot of a lot of research before you dove into this? I mean, did you like read Bigger Pockets for a year? Did you buy books? Did you take courses? 
Uh, no. <laughs> okay. I mean, the reason I'm asking is because, I mean, legitimately, you guys are doing a lot right that don't, some of the things do not seem intuitive that you're telling me that you're doing. They seem like some of them are, are seasoned investor type moves. And I'm just surprised that you, you didn't get any coaching. You didn't get, you know, you yeah. didn't spend a year researching how to do all this stuff. I mean, it's a compliment. I mean, you're really doing a good yeah. job. Yeah. But I have to uh, honestly give that compliment to my wife. Uh, I'm, I'm more, I'm just looking at the house and figuring out the numbers as far as what it's going to cost to fix it. She definitely, even though she hadn't been following anything really long, this is when I said that she, when, she, when she gets focused, when something comes up, that she sets her mind to it 100%. And in a very short amount of time, from just a little bit, I think uh, she had read just a couple of like uh, some of the. Uh, uh, I found uh, Jay Scott's like yeah. first, sure. and that helped tremendously. Yeah. And I think from there, I was led to um, Bigger Pockets, and so I did a lot of uh, studying on there. Good. And yeah. um, your website as well, I found that yep. and uh, awesome. learned some stuff from yours. So it was really just kind of putting a bunch of stuff together, taking lots of notes. Yeah, kind of studying that, and, and it was uh, beneficial to me because, again, uh, you know, she's doing all this in the background, and, um, and not just on her own. We sit down and we she'd hash it out. We we'd go over everything, and so we kind of it was a great synergy. You know what I mean? It's yeah. uh, especially yeah. when you're listening to other people doing it. So, so it, it's 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 one of those things where one of the things that she read about a lot was the whole uh, analysis paralysis that so many people get caught up in. Um, and, and so that's why once we knew we were going to do this, it was really just a matter of figuring out the, the, you know, the right things to do. And those are definitely some of those tips you can pick up. But now I can speak to it from, from our, from this particular experience is that, that, that writing that offer is so important how you word it, because you want to present yourself as their solution, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's so smart. And then analysis paralysis you're talking about, that's one of the biggest killers of people getting started in this business. And that's really, I mean, if you boil it down, that's the essence of why I even started this podcast and why I have my site and why I named it Just Start Real Estate because people like research and think and they go to RIA meetings and they just, they want to do it. And in their brain, they're almost in real estate because they think about it and they read about it so often, but they've never made an offer. They've never bought a property. And right. really, what, you know, you get to a point with the studying and with the learning and, and you just, you have to just start. You have to just dive in and do it. And you yeah. learn more by doing it than by sure. reading about it for sure. sure. And, I, and I do admit that, that obviously, the the advantage we have is the fact that I had a friend who was willing to. But either way, you've got to be able to convince someone. If it's not your friend who happens to have the money, it's someone else. You're going to have to go out and convince them. And I think one of the reasons he was convinced was because we we were running these sorts of things past him. You know, as far as this is what we could spend, and you know, we we also gave him some of the research on the market in this area too, which is yeah. another very important thing. Is don't just buy anywhere. Re do do your real estate research. Assess the areas you're going to invest in, and look for those areas that people are actively buying in that are really moving. You know, you want to look in in markets that are not um, don't have much longer than a six to eight month supply. If they do, then the things aren't moving. You know, they have they have too many homes available. So you want to buy in areas that that are selling. Do that research first before you decide to shop in that area. Yeah, absolutely. That's very smart. And you mentioned your your partner who finances these deals. If if you don't mind, this is I didn't ask you if I could ask this, and if it's something you don't want to talk about, just say so, and I'm fine with that. But if you don't mind my asking, because again, super interesting to the audience, I know. How do you structure your deals in terms of, you know, is he a partner in the LLC, or how do you split profits, or how does yep. he? Is it a is it a percentage rate he gets? Like, how do you work that? 
Yeah, we agreed it would be 50-50. I mean, I have no problem with that because uh, he is totally trusting me with the cash. I would not have the opportunity without that other than having to go out and find the capital somewhere else. Um, and eventually the hope is that maybe down the road in the future he would uh, start uh, you know, doing more. Because, see, he does work full-time doing something else, and he happens to have this cash as, as you know, just other monies that he has. Um, and so eventually we want to build it to the point where we are both able to support our families off of it. And at that point, I think he'll probably be more involved, although <laughs> I'm still trying to convince him to come back up from Florida, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen. So <laughs> <laughs> it may be more that he just focuses on other financial acquisitions to bring into the company, you know, because that's right. a very important part of it too. Eventually we want to grow beyond what he's initially put into it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think those 50-50 partnerships, those 50-50 deals, they're great. That's exactly how I started too. And I did that for years actually, because you're right. I mean, the, the money is half of the, the equation, you know, it, that's Absolutely. very important. And if they're going to fund the whole thing, you yep. know, that's fair. That's a fair yeah, arrangement. It's just as much risk for him. Obviously it's in fact, I mean, you could say, well, you got the blood, sweat and tears. Um, but really it's equal risk. I view it. it's just different sides of the equation, but it's still the same amount of risk. Yeah, so. absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Okay. So let's, let's finish talking about that. The, the second first deal, like the first one you closed, second one you bought kind of a thing. How mm -hmm. did, how did it go? What, what did you learn? Any mistakes along the way? Any, any issues that you came upon that you would want to share? You want to talk to that? You want me? Um, I'll let you do the first one. Yeah, the over budget part on that, while it isn't as extreme as the second one that we just had talked about, um, there were a few things. We did buy it when it was still snowing. This is, you know, I'm sure you guys had a really bad winter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the worst ones we've had in a long time. So we bought it when things were covered with snow. We kind of had to go on the, you know, what we had on record um, as far as the roof goes and stuff. But once we had the thaw, we realized it wasn't just a portion of the roof. It was the whole roof that needed to be redone. Um, so that might be something you might want to be a little, to take the extra steps necessary to, to, even if you had to remove some of the snow, just to check it out, um, just to make sure your numbers are good. Um, and then, you know, some of the things too, you also can't trust what's written up about the property. We um, we ended up putting in a whole uh, gas burning uh, uh, furnace in the basement because uh, you know oil heat does tend to have a stigma to it, and uh, especially in this area where the fuel prices can be pretty high. And of course, it was written sure. up that it was a gas burning furnace, and it turned out it wasn't. So we had to deal with the whole oil tank uh, the, the, and the oil burning uh, furnace and everything. Okay. So those are the two main areas there that we we had gone over. Um, so just make sure you really do. Um, you know, uh, dot your I's and cross your T's. You're always going to have the, always the oops, the portion that you weren't planning on originally. But, um, you know, you can make sure that you don't leave things up to guessing is, I guess, what I'm trying to say there. Don't don't guess at things. Um, just uh, presume, you know. All right, guys, that's where I'm going to cut it off for today. I'm sorry. I know you probably like to continue on. It's a great interview. And these guys really bring it in the next half as well. I mean, I had some questions that I wanted to ask them and some things that some ways that I thought the conversation would go. But every time they bring something up, I kind of went off on a little bit more of a tangent and asked more detailed questions. And it was just a really fun interview, as you can hear from the first half. I mean, these guys are really doing a great job, especially for being new real estate investors, just doing some really smart things. And they just share it all. They're telling us everything that they're doing. And nothing is being held back. Like I said, I, I just think that first half was great. And I can tell you this. 
the second half is as good or better because I really start diving into certain things that they're doing and, and you just have to wait and see. I don't want to give it away, but stay tuned for the next interview. It's going to be next Monday. I'm going to play the second half of the interview and it's a great one. So it's going to have to wait for a week. I apologize for that, but it's worth waiting for. Trust me. Okay, that's all I have for today. Okay, guys, until tomorrow, if flipping houses and real estate is your dream, there's only one way you can make it a reality. Just start. <laughs>